0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Move TV. Uh, We have started this thing, and we're going to see it through. Who won the week? Uh, We've got Better Call Saul, we've got The Leftovers, and we've got Fargo.
1: Also, some Mr. Science Theater 3000 talk. Which are you interested in doing first? Or which do you think the listeners would be more interested in hearing first?
0: Well, I can't talk about Mystery Science Theater because I haven't seen it. Uh Um, I know you watched at least one, maybe two episodes. Uh More than that. (laughs) More than that now? Okay. Uh, So I, I don't know. I mean, do you want to talk at me about Mystery Science Theater 3000 and at the audience maybe?
1: What would you want to know? If you were a old time Mystery Science Theater three thousand fan, a riff tracks fan, and you hear a new season dropping on Netflix, what would you want to know?
0: I I just want to know: Are the riffs good? Like, are they as good at making fun of movies as they were back in the day?
1: It's a mixed bag. One huh. of the things I've become uncomfortable with, especially with the Mike Nelson era, and even in riff tracks, is mm-hmm. there a lot of um, social commentary regarding homosexuals trans folk uh of yeah. that nature that are is is over the line it's uncomfortable
0: um, to watch some of those old ones
1: and even the current ones I think because I just think they're just they're 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 old white dudes from Minnesota that haven't really gotten very woke the riff track stuff yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think they're yeah. they're not hateful they're not like it's just stereotypes that everyone was laughing at in the 90s to be frank and it's just they're right. just still doing it in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's completely gone like this. There is not there is nothing. I, I've seen six of the 13 uh-huh. and there's not been a single one. Uh, also, there's a lot of um, uh, f- taking pot shots at stereotypically masculine and feminine roles, which I'm not super comfortable with and like annoys my, my wife as well. Um, and that that's that's gone in the new iteration. Thankfully. Oh, OK. All right. um, Jonah and I don't know who the other two guys Are playing Tom Servo and Crow uh, Are are much better in that regard However They don't have quite the comic timing And I think mu- a lot of this Because if you, if you see who's writing There's like 15 writers And like Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland Did a couple episodes for them And I feel like that one of the arts of doing the riff tracks, because we've done, we've done this a couple times ourselves mm-hmm. with like some, some fan reward type material, is there's a certain pace to it. If you have too much commentary, then you jo- none of the jokes have time to land. Right. And in the first few episodes especially, I feel like they were talking too fast – to cram them in in between dialogue and there's also an art to when you can talk over the movie yeah. and when you can't mm-hmm. uh, but it just felt like w- the the pace was too frantic hmm. um, but still solid and and it helped that like the first movie Reptilicus is just ridiculous uh-huh. it's like <laughs> s- the Swedes decided to make a Godzilla film awesome <laughs> um, and the, the movie itself was very watchably bad mm-hmm. uh, and then the second movie Cry Wilderness <laughs> is maybe the craziest thing I've seen since The Final Sacrifice, which is, for my money, the best Mystery Science Theater 3000 of all time. Uh It has a very similar relationship to, like, uh, Troy and Zap Rousdauer. They Uh got a ridiculous, like, older hero and a young, kind of his young ward who doesn't, he's, he's like, you think Carl in season two of The Walking Dead is bad? This kid's got Carl's got nothing on this kid. This kid will run off in the face of he's he he befriends this this ridiculous Bigfoot and the guy like the, he's wearing his Bigfoot costume and he's got his nipples are not covered with hair and he's not wearing gloves. You <laughs> just see regular human hands coming at the ends of him uh-huh. and I guess Bigfoot psychic. Uh, he wow. can like mater- He can like he can manifest in the kid's dreams and I mean I, it's. It's and they, they use all this Sounds stock like some pick a destiny shit. <laughs> oh, there's 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 like all the stock footage of wildlife that they try to like weave into the movie in a very Ed Wood kind of way. Uh-huh. So, like, the first two movies you don't even need riffing to enjoy, and that I felt helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Then you get into like my favorite, I think, is episode eight because I kind of started skipping around. Um, the loves of Hercules. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Uh-huh. It's an Italian take on on Hercules. Oh boy, I and bet just, that's glorious, <laughs> and it's it's so good because Hercules he can speak. Uh, 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 it's so clearly a lot of people are being overdubbed, uh-huh. um, and there's also a fa- a very famous Hollywood starlet on like like in her mid 30s in this, like uh, not a Mimi Van Doren. I don't you'll you'll recognize her when you see her. Um, but she's kind of god awful, and a lot of people are being overdubbed left and right. But not Hercules because he can speak English, but he speaks it in like a stereotypical <laughs> Mario. So it's like he's doing all this, like you know, all all these Greek words and stuff, and uh... and the guys are eating it up. Like every single time they do a take on his Mario esque Hercules, it's solid gold, <laughs> and they've kind of slowed down. Um, yeah. So I've really enjoyed that. The other thing is is I was never a big fan. of of the host segments.
0: No me either.
1: Like when they get the Mads involved and I think it really helps that like Felicia Day, who I'm not a huge fan of and Patton Oswalt mm-hmm. are doing the Mads now and I feel like that um this Jonah guy and the robots are just better at it because um and maybe the writers are better cuz I found the host segments a, a very enjoyable. Okay. Um there's huh. there, like in Reptilicus there was um Every every country has its monster rap where they're rapping about all the different crazy monsters from all over the different world, and mm-hmm. um, that was really funny. And they just got a lot of, like their invention exchanges are actually funny. That th- that was a throwback to the old um, uh, Joel era of Mystery Science Theater, which I guess he's now the executive producer of. Okay, Rift Tracks is now Mike, and mm-hmm. Mystery Science Theater is now Joel going forward. Um, and I, I, I like I said that uh, it's an improvement in a lot of ways. Um, Also, these movies are like, they're all in high def. Like, it looks a lot better. Like, I've been so used to watching Mystery Science Theater like on YouTube or uh, you know, just really low res standard definition that just having these cheesy movies in high def really lets you appreciate how shitty the special effects are and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I think overall it's a stunning return to form. And... I cannot wait to see them continue on. For it's great; they're all about ninety minutes long. It's perfect. Like you know, it's kind of too early to go to bed, but too late to get into a full movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's great for that kind of stuff. Um, I'm giving a thumbs up. Cool for Mister Science Theater. That's good to hear. Um, Yeah, I (laughs) I'm glad that
0: there's you know something enjoyable from the. The quote-unquote interrupting segments, as yeah. I I would think of them, you know, I I always think when when I think Mystery Science Theater three thousand, it's the riffing, the riffing of the movies, yeah. yeah. Um, and I always tuned out or skipped or whatever the the other segments. Mm-hmm. So
1: I don't know. If, that, if there's that's one something... one of the reasons I like Final Sacrifice so much because I think the host segments, like when they all caught mullets, <laughs> super funny. Uh, Tom Servo's uh, uh, is, is a patriotic song about Canada. Uh, that slowly got subverted uh, is, is is super funny. Like those are the rare host segments that actually work. And riff tracks just the part of this genius is it dispenses with the host segments. Right. It's all riffing. Yeah, this is like they got people that are fairly good at comic timing. Because that's the other thing, Mike and Joel weren't professionals. They were good writers. Yeah, but their timing and like just their on camera per, uh, persona, I never thought was was super compelling. Mm-hmm. But you know Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt and the Jonah guys say what you will. They actually have a little bit of chops yep. on camera chops um and and, uh, and I thought that was entertaining. There is a weird thing where every episode do you know um uh God damn it what, what is the there's there's the big robot that's got like uh, a long neck and um it's like a big purple with a mouth it's not cambot it's the other one um no, I don't know. Oh fuck! I can't. I can't believe I'm calling myself a Mr. Science Theater fan. I can't uh, say this, <laughs> but she lowers some kind of basket about five minutes into the movie and says some kind of relevant quip, and then about five minutes before the movie's over, she comes and gets the basket out. And me and Cecily are like, "What the fuck is this?" I mean, the first time I just thought it's like, "Okay, she's doing something. They're gonna. It's all will be revealed." But it's throughout the whole season that keeps this up. And I went online, and I guess. There is something to that that they're building towards, but Joel – and I, I don't know if it's revealed at the end of the season or it's going to something that's going to develop in season two, huh. but there's some kind of uh, – Gypsy, that's her name. Gypsy. Gypsy drops what looks like a picnic basket in – like at the, if, the, if, if Jonah and the bots are sitting at the extreme right, yeah. she drops it like in the, in the Jonah position on the extreme left, and then towards the end of the movie she comes and gets the basket. The guys don't interact with it. Um, huh. there's also Weird. some really funny cuz now like t- uh, Tom Servo can fly. Okay. So he can like hover and there's a couple times where he's done things where he interacts with the movie in a particular way. And a really <laughs> hilarious thing in The Loves yeah. of Hercules, there's a couple topless scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh Tom Servo and Crow get drones out. <laughs> and they start piloting the drones around and they just the, the it's the, the choreography of how they're doing this completely unrelated bit that the, but they completely cover the nipples and stuff right It's just sort of like really top notch <laughs> cuz that's the other thing frustrating about the Rift Tracks crew is I feel like they have the mentality of a 12 year old Anytime something adult happens, right? This was a little bit like I understand you can't show nipples on Mister Science Theater Three Thousand, but it was a, more than just a bunch of like, oh no, virtualized robots, and uh, it's just you know it just, they just uh, woven in. I thought that was pretty clever. So but, yeah, yeah, cool. There you go. Um, who won the week?
0: That's a damn fine question. Uh, it's much different
1: competition this week.
0: It is. Yeah, I, I think Better Call Saul had a return to form. Uh, I think that fargo engaged me a little bit more it was a mm-hmm. funnier more entertaining episode uh and the leftovers you know uh how can you go wrong with carrie coon twice a week mm-hmm. uh it's, battling it's a,
1: technology in both
0: universes right it's a north focused week and Nora's an awesome character uh and i really love that show i think leftovers again won the week
1: I agree. By a slimmer margin this time. I I want to look at it from this perspective. Yeah. Best moment of The Leftovers was... Individual moment.
0: Individual moment. I feel like maybe it was... The scene between Carrie Coon and Regina King, okay, when they were talking about the tattoo,
1: and led leading up to what I think is the high point of the episode is the trampoline sequence with Wu Tang okay. in the background. Yeah, I think that's the best the best thing on the leftovers that particular week. Although Marklin Baker, I don't want to like he he was he was yeah. very very and surprised. Like if you told me co- cousin Larry's going to generate genuine pathos and not just be a joke on the show, right? Wouldn't have believed you. Best moment of Better Call Saul. I'm having trouble remembering that. Uh Well, I'm gonna man. while you're thinking, I'm gonna say that I think the whole sequence involving Mike in the shoe was old school okay, watching I mean, Walt not solve really a problem. A
0: moment, but yeah, I feel yeah.
1: That, that well, whole the, the, sequence the, the, the was... time when he took the shot, I think that's the the best moment of like it just felt very satisfying. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, um, I agree. Although you can make an argument for like Jimmy and uh, uh, Kim's day new at the end of the episode, you can make an argument for, yeah, you know, uh, J- Jimmy just just telling truth to Chuck at the top of the episode. Uh, but I think that the, the Mike taking the shots the best episode, uh, best part of that. Uh, what is the best moment on Fargo?
0: Oh, it's the the scene where. Uh, Ray and Psy get together, and they both give each other the finger. Yeah. And Psy drives off in his Hummer, crushing yeah. multiple cars on the way out.
1: So fantastic! <laughs> which of those moments rank those moments from better from best to the quote unquote worst? So this is the this is the
0: reason we split off best comedy and best drama into categories because I actually think I enjoyed the scene of the Hummer scene from Fargo a little bit more than. I enjoyed the scene from The Leftovers um, with Regina King and yeah. and Kerry Coon, but I think it was a the other one was a more impressive scene dramatically. Hmm. I don't. I don't know how to like these. It's apples and oranges with comedy and drama.
1: I but I think they're all kind of absurd in their own way. Maybe not the the Mike shot's not very absurd at all. But like I feel like but the they're trampolines... in service
0: of different things. I feel. Yeah. Like, one is seeking out the comedy. The other is layering comedy onto the drama that it's seeking
1: okay so we're both going to give it to the leftovers yeah who is the runner-up who gets the silver who comes in Hmm. third in the regional bridge final
0: i feel like i'm not going to get to say this a lot this season
1: Uh uh-huh but i think fargo takes it and it's it's close it's super close it's really like like in in fact i would say if if fargo like i'm i'm if i'm i'm grading his boxing wise fargo or um, leftovers is a 10 and like you know fargo was a 9 and better call saul was an 8 and a half 8 but i don't i don't yeah. think that, but you know what i'm saying like it's super super close yeah the margin is real slim uh, but fargo
0: entertained me consistently had me laughing oh, throughout yeah. the whole episode big time uh, And you know the the drama that it's setting up is really good. Um, There are a lot of actors in there that are just crushing it, and there weren't you know a ton of huge scenes for actors in Better Call Saul this you week, didn't think right? So? Cause I thought, I mean,
1: Jimmy and Kim had like a couple, but I even thought Chuck and and Hay were good. Um, Chuck and Hay, yeah, the, the his scene of him trying to bamboozle that district or the prosecutor, and like, well, I think he's bamboozling her anyway. Uh, oh. oh. You know, okay. know, t- 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 talking about yeah, his yeah. brother and oh, I don't know if it's the best for him and all that. I thought that was a really solid performance. Yeah. Uh I love you didn't like it, but I really liked the, the moments between Jimmy and that other prosecutor. The the double Dorito man. <laughs> yeah. I thought that guy was was really, really good and funny. Almost in a like um Who's that dude from the Big Bang Theory? Like Jim, Jim Parsons. Na- Jim Par yeah. is it Jim date Parsons, Jim Neighbor. Jim Parsons? I think it's Parsons? Anyway, the Bazinga guy. Yeah. He, he has a lot of that kind of nervous, awkward energy that he brought to the scene that I thought paired very well with a subdued Jimmy. Uh-huh. So, but I think you're right. I think it goes Leftovers, Fargo, Better Call Saul. by a hair. Yeah. by a hair.
0: Very small hair. I'm kind of worried, though, <laughs> because thin, thin I felt
1: hair. I felt like, um, it's so weird because after our podcast, I thought, like, this is the week that Leftovers might be vulnerable. Yeah, because it was certainly excellent work across the, and lots of character uh, moments, but there wasn't like just a, like a bull, like an exclamation point or bullet. And I thought like if if Better Call Saul Fargo caught it just right, they might topple it. I mm-hmm. boy, going forward, I don't know. I don't know. I don't... They might it it, it <laughs> might be leftovers every week.
0: Yeah, the leftovers. I, I mean they they just do what they do so well. Like that whole episode is enjoyable, top yeah. to bottom. Um, but like. I, I say that Regina King and Carrie Coon stole the show there, but also there was a great scene with, with Nora and Kevin, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of this thing. Uh, fantastic scene, like you mentioned, with Mark Lynn Baker and Carrie Coon. It's just top to bottom, that episode is enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And I I can't always say the same about the other two shows.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um So, there's who won the week. Um, One other thing that I want to talk about, because I know you and I have both seen it. What's that? Silicon Valley.
0: Oh, yeah. Episode one, the
1: premiere. I was underwhelmed. Underwhelmed, In fact, uh... I don't think I laughed at any point in the episode. No? I mean, I feel like it's setting up conflict and comedy to come, but Mm. I didn't find any, and this is in stark contrast to every other season premiere of... Uh, uh, of Silicon Valley where I found at least one moment that was Mm side-splitting. I don't think I even chuckled. Can you think of a moment that was this laugh-out-loud funny about this one?
0: Yeah, so I have a very juvenile sense of humor, and when you've got the VC guy at at the wrong school cursing up a fucking storm, using an analogy about fucking a guy, which makes Richard completely uncomfortable. Uh, in just every way possible. Yeah, I got a few good laughs from that. Okay, yeah, uh, I guess but that's, that's
1: that's the that's the the best probably scene. It was yeah, especially knowing the background we have with this guy and his, his douchebaggery. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. What did you think of was. the other thing about this that I don't know about is that every time uh, the technology you've always believed in. Like, I've always thought, like, okay, yes, it's a game changer. It's, like, it's hard to define. It's it's very hard to define, but, like, the compression technology they're talking about would definitely be a game changer across many different ways. Uh-huh. Richard's Internet, too. Oh, I think it's a bad idea. It seems like the worst. Do you think that's yeah. what they're going to explore, that this is, I like, so. you know, like, like uh, you know, you had the, the Sean guy made Napster and then – Nothing ever again. Uh-huh. But he's gonna he's, <laughs> now he's gonna, just an investor, yeah. he's, he's gonna take in this uh this 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 arrogance mm-hmm. that, that he's the best and all that. And I, I thought he was really shitty to to Ganesh too. Yeah. Much less Guilfoy. Uh, Although I do like the idea of Ganesh um it's Dinesh, is it Dinesh? Yeah. Is it Dinesh? Ganesh it is. is the elephant head guy, right. damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um Dinesh, I, I like the idea of Dinesh being the CEO and I like it's gonna be interesting. Gilfoy talking himself through him being okay with that. Right. Like that's like <laughs> it I was, either, that was pretty good. Either you're going to succeed and I'll be rich and that'll be awesome, or you'll fail and I'll get to have a front row seat of you flaming out. Right. Like that. That was that was really good. And also, uh, I, this is more droll than funny, but I also enjoyed the kind of 360 degree review of everyone saying who should be the CEO before uh, Richard shows up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I and I kind of like
0: that Ehrlich is stuck you know, in his current situation. It's like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I've got to give everybody my shares because Big Head's dad is running the show here, essentially. And he's he's not not having any of it. Yeah.
1: He's not going to be charmed. He's not going to be talked out of it. He's not going to be doing anything. Yeah. I thought you would get a bigger kick out of uh, the restroom placements. Uh, That was pretty funny, yeah. Because, you know, that's always been one of our inside jokes is if we had, you know, uh, our own... Like, if we had a sham company where we'd have... Right. Just outrageous that we do yeah, outrageous. Yeah, but the things. idea was what, always
0: like humiliate the person who has to use the restroom, not the person who right. is outside watching people
1: use right. the restroom. I I don't know. What's the the woman who works at the V C firm? Angela? I can't remember her name. Is it Angela or Carrot? But anyway. I don't know. She's actually getting like there in the background there's actually Dick on display. Like, oh is there? yeah, there was like real pins being him. displayed. Yeah. Not as good as like the horse fucking of last season, but well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so like I said, it it was um, – I didn't think it very it was very funny, mm-hmm. but it was a necessary setup because they left things so kind of like up in the air last season uh, that they kind of had to do it. I, there's a lot of stuff that, like, I just don't – doesn't land, like Stephen Tobolowski's battle with the Hooli founder about who gets right. dropped off on a private plane. Like, that's just st- – it, yeah, it's infuriating. So, and and this funny. thing with Gavin saying,
0: "Oh, I want you to fly it five more times just to be sure," and all this stuff. And right. Like, that's
1: sure. And, that's funny in igno- the excess, but as not really. he's ignoring the very vital things about his company. Like right. I get it. Like I don't. I don't understand how Huli is still a business, honestly,
0: or how the, he's the CEO.
1: I mean, they they've got nothing but setback after setback, and he's a yeah. terrible CEO. And like I, to me, it's. It's infuriating that <laughs> that it's still part of the show. I don't like it. Yeah. I I think Gavin needs to like I don't know. I I don't know what they're going to do to revitalize that that role and that relationship because he's not even a good foil. He's yeah. like he's like Dr. Claude and Inspector Gadget, they're both so incompetent that it's like there's no tension there. So,
0: here's where I think the season is going to go. I think Richard's going to have quit the company and decided to work on this Internet Second too. internet, yeah, uh-huh. which uh, there has
1: been an in internet too. There hasn't. It failed, <laughs> and and you listening to this podcast have never heard about it, right? Because it's a terrible idea.
0: So I think he's going to go back to the guy who said, "Oh yeah, I would totally uh, fund that," and the guy's going to say, "Well, I said I I would fund it. I didn't say I am funding it or something." Um, you, you know, he's going to have some, some bullshit reason not to fund it. And Richard's going to have to go to Gavin. Like Gavin will have this big battle with Tobolowski. Well, he, he
1: threw a gauntlet. Like you have to have X amount of million, like users, and you have to have this amount of weekly growth, and and that's just he's never going to get that with the Internet too, right? Ever, ever, right. never, ever.
0: Yeah. So I, I think Gavin and and Tobolowski, whatever his character is, mm-hmm. are going to have Jack. some battle, and Gavin's going to be looking for an opportunity, and they're going to team up somehow. I I feel like I've seen a preview where. Richard is going. Gavin to Gavin and Richard,
1: yeah. Well, that would be one way to shake things up and make it interesting, right? Because both are kind of incompetent in their in their own ways, and both oh, yeah. are arrogant in their own ways with massive blind spots. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, that would be that would be potentially interesting. Yeah, I don't know, but I know. I, I, I figure every couple of weeks we'll we'll check in on that too to see because uh, okay. that's a challenge covering comedy. It's essentially it wasn't a funny win or it wasn't especially funny win. Yeah, uh, and I think that's all we have to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, In um, for future Bald Move TV we continue, got the linchpin of uh, uh, of who won the week, but we'll be talking in the weeks to come about Handmaiden's Tale, uh, we'll be talking about uh, American Gods uh, and I might give like a final review of Mystery Science Theater if people are interested in that hmm. and just, just other stuff that's coming up along the way. I don't think there's anything else I'm too excited about, but I'm sure people in the forums will remind me uh, <laughs> if I'm missing something, but uh, we'll be back with another one, Bald Move TV next week. Uh, Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Have a nice weekend.